The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Hey, there we go. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the actual episode now. Right. <laughs> episode number 19 of Culture Insanity Podcast. Uh, yeah, me and Josh did a little uh, trial trial run of, a, of an AMA, Ask Me Anything. It was really boring. Uh, thinking about something we might do for an upcoming episode. <laughs> with more notice. With more notice. but And uh, more, more fleshed out. But anyways... Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 19. He, Josh and I just watched a trailer right before the podcast started for a movie called Suspiria, which is a remake. And it was really dark and freaky looking, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right, so we got a few things on the docket tonight uh, up front, none of which are of spoilerness, I guess. Right. Yeah, we're not talking about any any TVs or movies, so... There's that. Um, so what we have tonight is um, the Me Too movement, if you've been tracking the news, um, has, has reared its ugly head um, with one of the pioneers of it, I guess. Yeah, Asia sure. Argento. Yeah. Um, so there's a little something on that. We're going to be talking about um, holograms, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about uh, Louis C.K. and um, pop stars. <laughs> just to give you a real rough, rough whatever. So, just a few things on the docket tonight. Um, so yeah, first up. So, like I said, if you've been tracking the news, you would have seen Asia Argento pop up in in the news. Um, so, if you're not familiar, Asia Argento is uh, the actress, one of the one of the actresses that was like that first came out against Harvey Weinstein. Asia Argento was like Anthony Bourdain's wife or girlfriend or something um, before he died. Um, but yeah, she was one of the, the trailblazers for the whole Me Too movement and, and specifically with Harvey Weinstein. And so it's about a year on from that, if you can believe that. It's been going on for a year with all these different people getting wow. busted. Really? Yeah, Yeah, a year. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so... She was in the news for unfortunate circumstances. So some young man that she had formerly worked with um, a couple times in her career, as far as I understand it, um, had come out and has accused her of, well, basically the same exact thing that she's, you know, lobbying against. Um this kid was this underage actor allegedly this is all alleged right we're not gossip pushers but she allegedly um had an inappropriate relationship with him and did inappropriate things with him and um he is coming out now because i don't know he feels like he can now versus before um allegedly she actually this isn't alleged this is this is like confirmed um her and her husband had previously like paid off the kid in some sort of non-disclosure thing 
Wait, um, is that Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. Yeah, oh, like they, there was an agreement between them to like put put whatever, you know, this kid is clearly troubled. Let's pay him what he's asking for to protect our, you know, reputation. You didn't do anything wrong, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so he's like, no, that's not true. Yes, they did pay me, but she had an inappropriate relationship with me, so I'm coming out now. So anyways, so if you've been following our podcast, we've been talking about the Aurora Boris. So the snake that... Aura, Aura Boris. Aura Boris, Aura Boris, the snake that eats its own tail, right? And how this is um, another one of those circumstances. So here you have one of the, the, the trailblazers of the whole Me Too movement being accused of exactly like we've been talking about um, what she's wanting to, you know, the standard she's wanting to per- perpetrate, perpetuate, Proffer, proffer, yeah, proffer. Um, you know this, the, and this whole climate and culture of 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 guilty until proven innocent has, just like we talked about last last episode, has come back and bit her on the butt. And so, just whether first of all whether it's true or not, like she is now a victim of what she she wanted to put into place, and you know the dangers, the the double the dual edge nature of what the whole what the world is living in, you know, and what, what culture is demanding and stuff. So she's on the receiving end of it now. And I mean, who knows, who knows how this will play out for her and how she'll come out the other side from it. But it's, it's interesting to, to say the least how she's now on the other end of it. Um, but the question for, for discussion purposes and, and the podcast tonight is, just um, what level of – so the article that we were pulling from is just talking about how the whole Me Too movement has been a – has been a um, a, politi- a hip- hip- hypocritical political agenda, hypocritical political right. agenda. Um, and like there's all these – all these people on the the left on the democratic party side of things now like coming out and wanting to abandon the me too movement now because of any number of reasons it's not convenient anymore it it no longer serves the purpose that it needs to for their political gain or or whatever and i mean there's specific pe- people that have come out and talked about it like um yeah it's like the 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 mayor of of this place in this state and gov- you know running running person in this state and head of this person in this democratic party something or other like um i have names but whatever we don't we don't have to talk the names but um so the the question for our purposes though is what level of hypocrisy is acceptable in in telling the truth so let me just regurgitate that then through what's going on. So Azar Gento, um came out, right, against Harvey Weinstein and, you know, shared her story, you know. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, sort of paved the way for a, a bunch of other women, apparently, um, to share similar things with the s- same guy. But but now it's it's coming around to her because of her press, past indiscretions. And so I think what the question that we're asking is, just because she has those past indiscretions, does that make her her um, movement, her Me Too movement, any less valid? Right. Would you right. Would you say that's what what the question really is? Yeah. So, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> no, I, I don't think it makes it makes it less valid. I, it definitely makes it less compelling. Uh, makes it less believable. The the 
the terminology that we like to use around here is that it muddies the water. Very much so. <laughs> um, so yeah, it makes it less compelling. Um, but I don't think it makes it less valid. I can understand why it would make it less valid in a worldview where truth is arbitrary, though. Yeah, I don't. I'm just reminded of what we were talking about in church. Was it last Sunday? Just. I mean, we're just talking like the whole the whole culture of of guilty till proven innocent, right? And all it takes is is one one person to come out with one accusation, and boom, it blows up. Right. It blows up, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Like all, the people people that are reading, you know, like this generation of people, they see it, boom, in big bold letters, and it's true. Like, and that's. And that's all it takes. And, you know, there's no more standards for how to deal with things like this because right. we're not operating in a, in a godly worldview. The world is not. So I'm just thinking about that. But, yeah, uh, I'm also thinking about just – so we talked about it a little bit. Um, like don't do as I – what did I say? Do say it, or not as I do. Do as I do. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. right. Yeah. And how how that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the arbitrary nature of truth for somebody that doesn't, you know, doesn't believe in God, um, doesn't believe specifically like in a in a relational God that really cares about what's going on in reality. Um, you know, I mean, when when that's your when that's your foundation, it's like why do you care about the morality of a lie? at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you, why do you care if somebody's being hypocritical at that point? So, or at least maybe not, why do you care, but how do you justify that they shouldn't be lying at that point or mm-hmm. shouldn't be being hypocritical? You know, if one can assert their dominance over the other, then, then it is what it is. And I, I think that's the, that's the Ouroboros effect here is where it's a sad thing that these things happened to her. But the bandwagon that she either created or got on board with is one that was just so quick to turn on her, just so amazingly quick, just to just throw her to the dogs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sad, but like, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And when there's no like, like you're saying, there's no like. There's nothing to fall back on, like, as far as how how we're <laughs> treating each other and, like, standards and stuff like that. And so right. it's all just up to the individual, and it's really jacked up. But, yeah, it really makes, like, it really makes it difficult to even, I'm not going to say give it any credence, but, yeah, specifically, like, the people that are, like, outspoken about it, you know, like, really want to, like take it for its like feminist cause or whatever and i don't know it's just it's tough it's yeah tough. yeah and i don't know did you hear the the latest uh, i was just looking at the headline asia argento denies sexual assault tale and blames the payoff on anthony bourdain wow two days took her two days to throw so and, and anthony bourdain was either i can't remember her boyfriend or husband they were together for a long time right Wow. Yeah, that's really jacked. Up. But so that but that that tells you right there like that is 
that that it's not that she's the victim of the Ouroboros. She is as much the head as she is the tail. Oh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She's as... I'll, I'll and throw that's, that. And that's I'll throw that out of <laughs> She's as much the head as she is the tail. <laughs> nice. You know, like, she, she... Yeah, she's... She's not just the victim. She's a perpetrator. And so that's the thing. Like... Look, I'm not saying that it's good at all in any way, shape, or form, right. moral at all in any way, shape, or form, what was done to her. And mm-hmm. and for the record, I believe it. I mean, I believe... All signs point to the fact that... All signs point to the fact that is, Harvey Weinstein yeah, did the things that, that he did, yeah. yeah. But that said, all signs are seeming to point to the fact that she is equally as nasty. And you can see the effect Maybe. of that. She's... You know, this this man that was her love is she's throwing him under the bus. I mean, not to not to continue to like blend topics in my mind and based on what we're what we've been going over here at the church, but like, is she is she worse than Anthony Bourdain in a way? You know, and I don't want to like we can't get into the degree of of then sin, Anthony right? Bourdain or Harvey Weinstein? Sorry, Harvey Weinstein, like. I don't know. She, she she did similar things, but like she played a part. Like you know, like all victim, all victim. I never. I'm I'm completely blameless and in, in any like you know, like I've never whatever. And then this this stuff comes out, and it's like I don't know, man. It, it just looks it looks bad. It looks it looks worse. Yeah, I don't know, but I can tell you, it seems ripped from the headlines. Law and order status. <laughs> forget really? absolutely yeah like totally that's how a law and order episode would go down it would go down the first it would be watch this it would next be, season or this right, season right no totally right <laughs> they're up on it it would be and they really are it would be the first it would be the beginning of the episode it would be like a harvey weinstein thing and then halfway through the ep- episode the person you'll you'll you know you'll feel bad for the per for the victims Mm. and then you find out that the victims are victimizing and it's like this whole thing and then they'll make some sort of anti-god pro-socialism conversation that benson will have with the other detectives and it'll be this whole thing and the episode will end on the darkest note possible with the screen fading to black saying dick wolf producer and that's it law and order ends like that yeah, it fades to black and then the screen just has. But they end on off. notes like that where like. Oh yeah, are... all the time. Why do we just... not have a Law and Order clip? That's. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. So seriously, Law and Order like, did those stories in those episodes like yeah. have part twos, or is it some episodes sometimes. just end sucky like that? <laughs> sometimes. I guess that's reality. Sometimes like Susan sometimes. Susan Wonderly would like to say that she thinks that the movement was a great thing, although it was brought about with hypocrisy. It has been much needed for a long time. I don't approve of her just because she started out a victim. There are many people that need to be heard. This includes men that have been victims also. There must not be secrets about being a victim of abuse. Of abuse. She will need to be accountable to others and then get in touch with God in this matter. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. And yeah. I think that's, <clears throat> that's what I was saying earlier. Like, mm-hmm. Um, no, it doesn't it disqualify. Doesn't dis- discount what she went through. Right, right, but it does It does mar it. Mm-hmm. It certainly makes it less compelling, and that's sort of the nature of the beast. So I I would, if, if I was her or if I was a, a victim, I would definitely not ride that coattail in order to get my story heard. Mm. But So how would, how, how would you go about it then? Like, 
That's tough. I mean, <laughs> she I, made, I just she would, made I, mistakes, obviously. I wouldn't attach myself to the Me Too movement. Yeah. I would make what I was... I would make... I wouldn't make myself into an advocate of, of any one movement. I'd make it into, you know, my personal experience with this. That's not to say I wouldn't necessarily join a class action, you know, case or whatever. Um, wouldn't get involved, but... She put herself in a limelight to be seen. Yeah. And she's very much been seen. She made herself the voice of something. Yeah, I wonder, like... I want... Man, like, I wonder what that kid must have thought, like... And this is just speculation. Like, he sees this whole thing playing out, the whole movement, and, you know, this chick that he had this relationship right. with. And I wonder if he was just like, you got to be kidding me. Well, that's what happened with uh, Anthony Rapp. The Star Trek guy? Yeah, with, with, Kevin, with Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Is mm. Kevin Spacey made some sort of supportive comment, and then he, and then you he gotta was like, seriously? Me. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, you, don't you forget the time in this. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, Discovery is coming back, and it looks great. Which, by the way, Kevin Spacey has not bounced back. Not yet, but... <laughs> Speaking of people that bounce back. Roman Polanski? No, we're going to talk about Louis C.K. Oh, okay. We're going to segue. Because it's, yes. it's all part of the same movement, too, right? Right. All the same right. sort of t- conversation. So, anyways, next up. So, Louis C.K., the famous comedian who's balding and his red, header, red hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not talking about Jim Gaffigan? No, he has blonde hair. Yeah, I just... <laughs> uh, yeah, but also balding. Anyways, Louis C.K., Recently, really recently, um, had his like first night out since his whole ordeal with his, you know, indiscretions and stuff. <clears throat> he had a, you know, he was at a comedy club. He got invited to a comedy club or some comedy club had him, you know, would have him um, go work basically. And this is the first time out for him since since he was accused of all these things and, you know, admitted to them and, you know, took a step back or whatever. But um, with that came all sorts of backlash, as you can expect. So, you know, we're probably, like I said, eight months to a year, depending on... Nine months, apparently. When Louis... Nine months? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there you go. So depending on when Louis C.K., you know, got found out, if you will. Um, <clears throat> we're, you know, nine months on, and he goes and does this thing. And there's all this backlash um, with people on Twitter. Kathy Griffin, for example, you know said something like Louis C.K. went on a long vacation and it didn't do anything to show that he has reformed or changed. He's a multimillionaire who finally got some sleep after working nonstop for years. This is how we are making people pay their penance in the Me Too era. Effing pathetic, she says. Um, someone else said, let me get this straight. Louis C.K. just... Sh- <laughs> this is kind of funny. Louis- but bad joke. Louis C.K. just showed up at a club and performed to a room full of people without their consent? Question mark. Um, and then... There was someone. Uh, what's that comedian's name? I always remember him from those VH1 like best of the eighties, best of the Michael Ian Black. He's like oh, a comedian yeah, slash totally. actor. He came out totally. in support of um, Louis C.K. and you know was basically like it. You know, like there. Wow, Susan. There <laughs> surely there's a time where he can put this behind him. You know, he's admitted to his faults um, and and whatnot. But then Amber Tamblin. Yeah, Amber Tamlin. She retweeted that, and she said something. She's she a huge Me Too, Me Too movement person. Amber Tamlin. 
Who's she married to? I don't know. She said, I think we should be asking women, most especially the women in comedy, how they feel about this instead of explaining what should or shouldn't be allowed. This was in response to Michael Ian Black in defense of Louis C.K. Deferral to women in a moment like this is what allyship should look like, Michael. So the question for our podcast is, Mm -hmm. is there a time limit? um, Is there a time or behavior limit on forgiveness and reintegration into society. David Cross. No way. Amber Tamlin's married to David Cross. Weird. That seems really strange. But anyway. Weird. Um, um, so so just before we... But yeah. You can read that question again. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Susan, the rules of the thread require that if you're going to use the S word that you put an exclamation point where the I goes. So uh, it yes. reads... SH exclamation point T or an asterisk or a dollar sign <laughs> or, you know, anyway, uh, she made her feelings known about Kathy Griffin. Oh yeah. She doesn't like Kathy Griffin. I'm not a big fan of her. She's just a couple marks below Sarah Silverman. <laughs> below Sarah Silverman. Yeah. 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 She's not a very nice person. Um, and whatever she had her own, whatever in the news recently, right? Well, that's that's a whole like <laughs> yeah, that's one of the hypocritical stuff. sort of yeah. yeah. But anyway, so again, the question is: there a time? Is there a time or behavior limit on forgiveness? So the article that I posted and reintegration into society. The article that I posted from the Guardian um, the says that that yeah. time limit is apparently nine months. <laughs> what and why? Because uh, let's see, Louis C.K.'s comeback shows that nine months is long enough. Apparently, is what it said, um, and then it's just saying, let's see, and uh, people deserve second chances, of course. But the more important to question ask is why some people get second, third, and fourth chances, while others are never even afforded a first chance. We should be asking ourselves how C.K.'s abuse of power robbed his victims of professional opportunities. We should be reminding ourselves that C.K. is not the victim in this situation. No one's acting like he is the victim. Right. I'm right. confused. Like. Is that is that the impression that people have? Is that now all of a sudden Louis C.K. is a victim because he went and performed, and because he's taken some backlash? Like that's all part of the consequences that you know came are coming to him and will continue to come to him and will haunt him forever because of the choices he made. Like, but no, I I mean that's certainly not where I'm coming from or my first impression of it that he's somehow a victim because of this, but. Man, like I don't think that's yeah. I don't think that's what's being said. I think it's just it's talking about victims' thoughts on it. Betsy DeVos has reportedly decided that when it comes to sexual misconduct in college campuses, the real victims are those who are being accused. Yeah, maybe there should be some sort of Hollywood Measure Eleven. Interesting. You know. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's is that what's being asked? Yeah, it's called Measure Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was never. I don't think he faced ever any formal charges, right? Like, at, at, I I just read this recently too. At this point, I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. People that watch this or will watch this in the future, and you know, I'll take it humbly. But I think up to this point, Harvey Weinstein has been the only one criminally charged. Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was criminally charged. Okay, but that to me that started before this whole thing. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It did. Um, but I'm I'm just talking about since like since Harvey Weinstein and since everyone that poured it like came out after that. Um, so there's it doesn't I, I no apply it's a, to him. It's an opinion. This is an opinion piece. But yeah, yeah, that article you're reading. But yeah, like I mean, what? It, but it's all subjective too. Right. Like right. It's arbitrary. Yeah. Yep. Why why nine months? 
I mean, that's that's the opinion of right. that, yeah, right? That's what you're saying. saying. But like, so what is it then? Like the these people. So we should leave it up to women, like in general, women, because Louis C.K.'s crimes were against women, and so now women always have ultimate authority in anything he does in any sort of whatever. Like, is that what's being suggested, or like time things? Like, what? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that there is. I don't know that there is a suggestion, and I think that's that's where I have the difficulty in it. I was reading an article. It wasn't Louis C.K. It was Matt Lauer and somebody else, and they were. How about uh, him? I'll look it up. But basically, it's like they want they want viewers. They're like they want their viewership to know that they're going to return to TV like sometime soon. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. They have some sort of... Um, Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose. Sexual assault publicist for these people? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, right? Let's see. What Louis C.K. and Matt Lauer's attempted comebacks say about us? Um, Blah, blah, blah. Made public. Yeah, anyway. Um, I mean, the difficulty is that there needs to be... There needs... You know, we should. There's been. no, there's no forgiveness, let alone like social. We're talking about social reintegration, right? right? Like, right. like when does the topic of forgiveness enter into the public domain? You know, like does right. it exist even? Right. <laughs> like, does it even exist, or is it just this guy's always going to be a piece of crap because of the things he did? Right, but. Right, penance. There needs to be. Yeah, they. Yeah. What was it? The you read a comment. Yeah, it's it's. What Kathy Griffin said, "Is this how we're making people pay their penance in the Me Too era by allow, by allowing them to do this?" And she right. says, "Effing pathetic." Right. So yeah. So we hold that in our hands. Like, yeah, that's the question, right? The standard is completely arbitrary, yeah. and that's an unlivable standard too. Like that's the thing, you really don't want it to be the public standard that the public gets to choose what your quote unquote penance is going to be because there's no possible way that you could ever live up to that man we need christ more than ever like the just the concept that that is there in christianity and that christian teaching that it's by grace that we're saved and not by works the like these people are terrible people but there's no possible way that we could ever measure if somebody was like they live in a glass house if somebody was to do that with us and watch us 24 7 the same thing would be happening yeah no i know and it's just like these people that are coming out and talking like so i'm i'm guessing i'm guessing amber tamblin kathy griffin whoever the other random person is i'm guessing they are spotless lives right (laughs) they have spotless lives because they're sitting on twitter you know demanding penance be paid for right. for him you know right like that's yeah that's frustrating yeah you're just cruising for the head to eat the tail that's you're all cruising, i'm saying you're cruising for it you're, you're playing snake on your nokia phone and you're <laughs> right you're well along <laughs> right right <laughs> right that blows my mind by the way that amber tamlin is married to david cross yep i was trying to remember his name from arrested development is Futke is the last name but right tobias tobias Futke. Tobias. Yeah, maybe Tobias, yeah. He's really silly in that show. Um, anyways, so Susan's frustrated with the whole thing? Uh, she just said trauma. <laughs> trauma? Trauma. Drama, too. Yeah, also. 
trauma and drama. Oh, I see. I see. Sorry, I missed a, I missed a comment. Uh, let's see. He should come out and make a humble apology, but I don't think personal opinion that he is humble enough to do that. He know. did. when it, I mean, okay. When it first came against him, he admitted to it. He, like, expressed... He like expressed himself in a like he in an articulate enough way that you know acknowledged his his wrongdoings. Now like whether or not he you know approached the individual women he you know did wrong to, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows other than you know him and those people around him and and those women. But like as far as the public is concerned, yeah, I like, remember that he addressed it. Like he addressed it as wrong. He addressed it as. He completely regrets it. He he's hurt himself, his family, the women. He's all these different things. Like, as far as the public goes, what else are you looking for, right? Like, do you want him to, on a weekly basis, say hi? I'm Louis C.K. and I did these things. I'm gonna do this stand up now. I hope you're okay with that. I hope you'll stick around. Right. You know, like, hi, I'm Louis C.K. I'm gonna be at this comedy club in New York. Uh, I did these things. I hope you'll come. Like, right. what is being asked? Like, at what point? At what point can can you know the guy move on? And and I can't like I don't support those things. He did. I think it's really freaking creepy and gross. Right. Like right, right, specifically right. what he was doing. Like, it's I'm laughing, but it's really f- laughing effing, out of uncomfortability. It's really effing weird, and you have to be really something kind of wrong with you, obviously, but. As far as, like, the public goes, like, dang, man, what else do you want? <laughs> like, what else do you want? Do you want him to take his lashes in public physically and then you'll feel good? Like, I mean, I think the answer is yes. It's just, oof, that's not a world I want to be in. I mean, that's, that's the world wanna, we're in, I right? I want to be in a forest. The, ans- the answer is yes, and I think that's where we're at. And that's, again, why we need we need Christ. That's That's the long and short of it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right. I was going to say something that comes out on the 4th of September, so just in a couple days, that we should talk about is The Purge. The TV show? Yeah, there's a 10-hour... It's really that... Speaking specifically about, like, people needing to take out their yeah. <laughs> aggressions. Natural and, selections. Yeah. Yeah. That franchise has really done well for itself. It is blowing up. <laughs> um, I didn't see the last one, but... I've only seen the first one. Oh, really? Yeah. But I heard it's you have to watch what it the is. second two, and then I haven't seen the the last one. But yeah, anyway, maybe we will discuss the purge later. Yeah, the morality of the purge. The morality of the purge. Um, so with that, we're gonna you know take a quick little break for a few minutes. Um, we don't have a game this time around, so we're gonna switch it up, and we're gonna talk about what's on our minds, which is in one week. And that is Rose City Comic Con. Because this is a pop culture podcast. Dang it. Yeah, Rose City Comic Con (laughs) music, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I know that we're both excited about it. This is something uh, killed music. (laughs) It's coming to it. It's coming to a natural. I'm being defeated by the music. There you go. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, So, this is something. From Candy Crush or something. One of, yeah, um, this is something we're you know always excited about, and then we've been doing for a few years now consistently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. Like, what are you excited about? What are you hoping to get out of Rose City Comic Con this year? I know that between the guests that are going, you probably have a vested interest in it, maybe more than normal. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing with going to Comic Cons. Mm-hmm. Children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the difficulty. That's the new thing with going to Comic Cons for sure. I mean, Sophia was always okay. Right. But now we have littler kids. Right. So for me, okay, so I'm a huge comic book fan. Adam, though new, is also a huge comic book fan. And so the thing is that you got to know for, for Comic-Con, it's not really comic books. It's more like a genre. It's like a genre of sci-fi fantasy, which includes movies, television, video games, comic books, all of it. That's what it's become. It started at, like right, right, Comic-Con right, right. Prime started out. Sure. You know, as you would. Right. Which did you hear their, their uh, what, suing for the rights to the term Comic-Con? San Diego is. is. San oh, Diego for real? Is. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. So, like, people are doing all sorts of things. As if they need to do that. It had to do... I can't remember why. Maybe that's something... For anybody that's, about. like, going to Comic-Con, like, as if they need... Like, that mean that there's a... The people that are interested in Comic-Con, whether it be San Diego or whatever, they know... <laughs> they know the difference. Come on. That's, that's a cheap move. Anyways, whatever. So anyways, the thing about you, it's not about comic books, it's about cosplay, it's about movies and television and game gaming, it's about toys now, it's about um, all of it rather than just comic books. So you were saying, and kids. Right, so kids, yeah, that's the hard part, right? Because as like as a as a fan of those things, as in the general fandom, right? It's like you want to go around, you want to see your booths. And when we're talking like I don't know how many square feet it is, but it's a lot. Yeah, it's right. The it's this center. giant warehouse, and it's at the convention center. So there's a giant warehouse that's filled with vendors of all varying kinds, split up into different sorts of locations, and then completely separate from that are the panel rooms mm-hmm. where you can hear people talk. So it's awesome. So actors and 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 creators of shows and movies and things. Right, like that. and it's sweet. Like a couple of years ago, I got to go see. Um, I really like the flash, right? The the TV show, the flash. And there was, uh, Caitlin and Cisco from the flash and they were all not, that's not their actual names, but the character, the the, the (laughs) people who play those characters were there in the panel. And so they were giving behind the scenes information and that's the sort of thing. So this year there's some really cool panels. Like there's the doctor who panel that's going to have, um, not Matt Smith, uh, David Tennant, the 10th doctor who I, that's my favorite doctor. And that's kind of a big deal. Like everybody here at ABF, cause we're all comic book fans and sci-fi fans, um, loves the 10th doctor. So he's going to have a panel and that's awesome. And there's, I'm super stoked about the Cobra Kai panel. Um, cause Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka and the, the guy, the, 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 the the big bad from the first movie not the not the kid not the, te- the teacher of the, the dojo? teacher yeah from from, from Co- Co- rove Cobra rove kai. something rove anyway Where? those three are going to be there and they're going to talk about cobra kai and what's awesome is afterwards after their panel cuz it's the last panel of the day you get to watch the movie with them like while they're doing like live commentary so it's cool i'm not going to stick around to watch the movie but i'm stoked about that the problem is is say, that, all this is leading up to the butt. All this is leading up to kids. <laughs> because I can't go peruse thousands of back issues. And that's what's books. fun about it too, right? Like doing this for people that can see me on the camera. Right. And you're like Yeah. With the comic <laughs> You guys well, we can't see your, us. You have your you have your Google keep list of things right. issues you, you need to fill out <laughs> to fill out your series and 
and and there's other people next to you do it, and it's kind of competitive in a silent way. Right, like, right, right, don't right, right. Take your eyes off the books that you pulled out because right. someone might snatch them. Right, right, and right. you always make sure to like hover over them. And right. There's all this body language. It's and you can't do that when you have a kid at your feet. You're it's trying like, to, dad, dad, yeah. dad, watch and, you know, me do this, dad. I'm hungry, dad. Take me to the bathroom, dad. I have to poop, dad. Yeah. Squirrel. <laughs> and then they run off. You know? Right. Like, right. So it's. It's with great excitement and great trepidation. Right. So the way that we've, the way that we have dealt with Comic Con is that we have a day for for several amount of hours, like maybe four hours, that we set aside to bring our kids to the Comic Con that doesn't conflict with panels, hopefully, and we just devote that to the kids, whatever they want to see, and it's great for the kids. It's like not only do they have like a kid area which is large and has cool things, uh, lots of like hands-on things. But kids are super cheap. It's like zero for two and under and then like five bucks for kids up to like 12 or something. Wow. It's, it's pretty cheap. And then... Yeah, that's cool. And the kids get to see like all of their like favorite characters. Like people... I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. There's like remote controlled droids. There's like... I remember the first Comic Con we went to, Sophia got to meet like a life-size Chewbacca that had the... Like nine you know, feet tall, yeah, and she was like freaked out by him, but it was a legit Chewbacca's hairstylist that was following with her <laughs> spray to keep the to keep the hair down. Right, right, right. It was right, a right, proper right. costume. Right, yeah, it was a legit costume. It was legit. <laughs> Anyways, so the the point is, we love Comic Con, <clears throat> but it's with great trepidation. So if you're looking to join, and so we're. We have we learned that we have to build a team, we right? Have to build, and we have to be strategic about it. Right. So it's like, yeah, we really want to bring our kids to this, and you know, from this age to this age, they can probably only handle so much. So we're going to bring them on this day. So, so if you're looking to join our team, um, come get to know us for a few years, and you can be vetted. And if you can follow <laughs> our child rearing process, and you know, right, agree to the same right. standards for things yes, that we do, then yes. you can be a part of our team. Yes, and then you can take some of the burden away from us. That's right. <laughs> Or if you just want to meet up at Comic Con, you know, and say hi to us, that'd be awesome too. And it's there's it's dog eat dog. Yeah, it is, man. That's it what I'm is. saying. Like, if you want, like for instance, if you want a place to eat, like people are sitting on the ground, like in the middle of the food court, and there's like garbage on the ground and stuff. It's wild out there. It's it's really it's crazy. It's easy to lose your kids. So that's another thing. Like I have a slap bracelet. Like the last time I was in Disneyland, I found this kid that was like freaking out and, and, and I was able to help him find an employee. But I remember like thinking about this, like, because, you know, I've got my own kids. And so like, I, I, uh, this was pres like prescient in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. So for Sophia, I, have a slap bracelet that I keep on my backpack and on the back of it, I've written all the information, like how to get a hold of me. And whenever I go to events like that, I like slap her with the slap bracelet because it's like, it would be really easy to get separated, like super easy. And don't even get me started on my son, Joseph, who's like a wild animal. <laughs> so like, I, I like, I do not believe in the leash. I do not believe in, in using a leash, yeah. but, um, with Joseph, I understand why people would go that direction. I would still not do it, but I, I get why they would. Yeah. So anyway. if you want a, if you want an image of Joseph, of Josh's son, Joseph, um, watch Mad Max two road warrior. <laughs> and there's a character. He's a kid in there. And he carries a boomerang around. Yes. And he's a feral child. 
Yes. That's Josh's son. That's right. <laughs> um, hair and everything. Just way crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited about Comic-Con. I don't know if there's any, like, guests in particular. Like, <clears throat> uh, actually, no, there is. Like, Carl Urban would be cool. Carl Urban's the guy that played, like, Bones in Star- the, the newer Star Trek series. And he was in Dread. Lord of the Rings. He was Dread in the, in the newest Judge Dread movie. So um, he was supposed to go last year, but I didn't. And then, like, people like uh, Michael Rooker. Michael Bean. Yeah, Michael I saw Bean. that. And somebody else from the, t- from the Terminator Michael franchise. Bean and Val Kilmer are there. Oh, that's weird. Which is awesome because Tombstone. Oh, yeah, totally. I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. Michael Bean is I for, Johnny Ringo. Michael Bean is Johnny Ringo. But Michael... Johnny uh, Ringo. Michael, I think Michael Bean's doing the... Uh, it's a Terminator thing, right? It's like, come with me if you want to live. Isn't that what it's called? Let's see. Is that what his panel is called, you mean? Like what his... Yeah, I'm going to find it here. You keep talking. It would just be cool if... if Valcoma crashed his panel. Come and with, he's like, I'll be your Huckleberry. And he's all pale and dead. It's called, yeah. It's called Come with Michael Bean and Jennifer Blank Bean if you want to live. You know him from Terminator, Aliens, and Tombstone. You know her from Party of Five, Dark Angel, and so much more. This husband and wife acting producing team are here to talk about their decades long careers and what it takes to build a production company from the ground up. That sounds fun. I'm most interested in. The Star Trek The Next Generation panel, especially with the announcement, I'm sure this is going to be all all out there, that uh, Patrick Stewart is going to be reprising his role as Jean-Luc Picard, mm-hmm. So, which is crazy. That's like 25 years later, he's playing a character from, from Star Trek. It's crazy. Well, Leonard Nimoy did it, right? He did it in the movies. Yeah, but that's different. He like made a cameo. This is a series. Hmm. Yeah, it's, right. it's a Captain Picard series. Or not Captain, probably Admiral. Yeah. Anyway, so we hope to we hope to see you guys at Comic Con uh, <clears throat> and drop our kids off with you. Just kidding. Um, all right, let's get back to it. Okay. We could probably spend a long time talking about Comic Con. Yeah, on we could. Facebook we could Live. Keep, we could just keep. That's what we should have done during our pre-show. <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right. What else we got? Okay. Yeah, technology thing. So I don't. I'm sure you guys have seen and heard, but like the whole hologram thing um, with um, musicians and stuff. Um, like there was something with Michael Jack, like it's just becoming more and more popular, right? Like the yeah. whole hologram thing. And I think it, yeah, it was Roy Orbison. He's going to have some sort of hologram world tour going to like 20, is either world tour or, or like nationwide tour, like going to 28 different cities, um, playing and playing in front of a live studio. Um, of course, Ray Orbison has been dead for like, 30 years or something you know i don't know decades 28 date run uh, that's what it was a 28 yeah, 28 day days um but anyways so people are uncomfortable with it right. because like i don't know how to feel about going to a concert um for someone who is dead like it's just a weird thing um and then people are concerned that like it could it could change the legacy of someone good or bad. I suppose like this whole hologram, this whole, where we are at with technology and people. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Um, and you can look it up, but the question that we're, excuse me, that we're asking is, um, should a person's legacy be bound to their bodies? And, um, the idea of personhood theory, which maybe you should talk, talk on. So we've been reading this book. Josh, Josh has already read it. And, you know, a couple of us here at the church have been reading it too, but it's called, 
Love Thy Body. Love Thy Body. Love Thy Body by Nancy Percy. Piercy. Piercy. Percy? Pear. I thought it was Percy, but anyways, whatever. Love Thy Body. And so she, the whole book is about personhood theory and in regards to all the hot button topics um today yeah. you know um homosexuality transgenders etc cetera, etc cetera. um abortion euthanasia yeah all of it all the good stuff um so should a person's legacy be bound to their bodies and like what are what are valid um concerns or excitements in regards to this whole topic with where we're at with technology and whatnot right so i think <clears throat> i think that it boils down to the concept of personhood theory um so adam you know it's the, asked me to debrief it or brief you on what it is so basically personhood theory is this we are not um whole beings in the sense that's a bad way to start uh personhood theory is this okay here we go on the spot um sorry a person is who they think they are rather than what they are so therefore like we are not um, we are not what we're made of. We are how we feel. And that's, you're saying that that's how it's believed to be by. That's what personhood theory is. Okay. That that's what, that's, that's what makes a person. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, an outworking of this is that a child, that's an interesting question. Lucy, Lucy asks, is a hologram worse than cloning? Interesting. Um, <clears throat> hold that thought, Lucy. So, uh, the outworking of this would be, for example, in the, in the field of abortion, in the, in the topic of abortion, of abortion, is the child a person? Well, by science, you know, the argument used to be that we, um, that they weren't alive, but science has just proven that that's just not true. Mm -hmm. They are a human being and they are alive. We know that to be true through genetics. We know that to be true through science. So now because we want to keep aborting our children. Uh, now we have come down to saying that they're not actually people mm -hmm. that, that a, what makes a person is now it's not in like the physical. It's like, it's just this idea of what a person is and the subject, subject, subjective, nature arbitrary of, nature. Yeah. Identity. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and so what makes a person then becomes, you know, any number of, of things depending on who you are. But that's essentially what personhood theory is, that my person is disconnected from my body. Which brings us back to this. This is a little more on the on the nose concept, yeah. but it brings us back to this. So the question is, should our legacies be connected to our bodies? Yeah. That's that's what I would say. I would say yes. Um like bis besides the parts of our legacy that we seek to remove from our bodies so like, what do you mean by that? So like our words, our words that we seek to remove, like, like our words are our thoughts and we, we want our thoughts to continue. Mm. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. Gotcha. I was going to say that was my next question is right. Like, how do you fit both of them into that? Right. So I, but <clears throat> I don't know if this applies to that question in particular. Um, this topic specifically. Yeah, like I don't the know. The whole topic of holograms right. and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know if it applies to... to. What about what she's saying? Yeah, okay, so is a hologram worse than cloning? Um, it depends. Is the hologram sentient? No. 
So if the hologram is just a, like an like an image of something, then what makes it different than a picture on your phone? You know, and so from that standpoint, this is where I go back to. I don't know if this really applies to personhood theory completely mm. here. Um, like it may be being extra sensitive on the issue of personhood theory. Mm. Um, from that standpoint, if if Roy Orbison is performing his greatest hits and that's taken from video and then reconstructed 3D to allow people to to watch that, then that's that's is that new? Is that is is that is extending that, the legacy? Yeah, how is that any different than just I'm, watching a movie? Right, right. It's I don't just, I don't technology know. Technology has allowed it to be three-dimensional. But what about Michael Jackson when they did what is that song called? Michael Jackson hologram performance. There was a Michael Jackson I remember there being something. Slave to the Rhythm. Slave to the Rhythm. So Michael Jackson never performed this song live. He never did like any sort of whatever. It was something that they took from the studio and then turned into a song. It was like from that's, a demo. Now that's different, right? And right. And then they made a performance of it where he's performing and doing a whole thing, like not waving to the audience, but like interacting with the audience and interacting with dancers and so on and so forth. Is that, is that a violation? Yeah. That's like a weird manipulation of will. Right. Right. I'll, like, I'll post a link to it. Because that, that's not quite cloning, but, you know. <clears throat> or how about something like taking somebody's image, like um, Princess Leia? Yeah, the article like that I was Carrie reading Fisher. talked about her and um, <laughs> the actor that plays Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> the oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, William Shatner. Okay, so William Shatner. Let's see. I will find that also. Such hologram, this is from the article, such hologram technology is just the latest example of using computers to exhume dead people, forcing them to dance like marionettes to suit our tastes. Until now, having, having, a, until now, having assumed room temperature meant your story was over, meaning until now being dead meant your story was over. Whatever reputation you earned while alive was cast in stone and your carefully cultivated image remained yours. And then it goes on. Let's say for the sake of argument, Fisher were revived for the upcoming... Uh, for the upcoming films, are we sure the character would say things like Kisher, Carrie Fisher would allow her character to say? Do we know the filmmaker would make choices the real Fisher could accept to protect her public persona? A celebrity's image is often the property of that famous person's estate, but what if the person being recreated isn't necessarily famous and doesn't have a team of attorneys? Just because a society, this is last. Just because society can do something doesn't mean it should. If you're fortunate enough to be remembered well beyond your death, you should be remembered by the way you choose to live your life, chose to live your life, not the way keyboard banging ghouls want you to be memorialized. Presumably, dead people have already had a rough time of it. We should all leave them alone. That's what this writer says. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a company called Ziva. But the Carrie Fisher thing is like, to me, is like the is like the Michael Jackson thing, like. And it's like, so this last movie even, like, Mark Hamill really wrestled with the character, right? Right. With Luke Skywalker's journey. Really wrestled with it. Like, and in the end, you know, he got on board or whatever. But, like, doing this might, like, betray so someone's personhood. Like, you know, yeah. choices they might have made or, or how they would have advocated for a different story being told or something like that. And it's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting <laughs> new ground. So what I was going to say was uh, William Shatner, he said that he basically is not interested. I mean, he's like almost 90. 
He's 86. He said that he's not interested in becoming Captain Kirk again. However, um, he has had his whole body scanned by a company called Ziva, allowing him to be digitally de-aged and resurrected for future projects for his estate. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a, a little bit narcissistic. I, it's realistic. It's freaky. William Shatner, arguably one of the greatest actors of our, of our time, for some strange reason. Will be the greatest actor of your <laughs> your time, and your children's time, and their children's <laughs> time, and their children's children's time. Uh, Lucy Brandt says, Roy Orbison wrote a bunch of songs that weren't released. I believe this is what they're going to release. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It is interesting. I think once... You, Hmm. I think that once you start getting into this area, you start getting into an interesting area of, of not the soul, but of people's inability to understand their significance, basically. Hmm. And I do think that uh, it, it furthers the idea of personhood theory, which I don't agree with for the record. You know, we don't agree with personhood theory around here. Right. That's when you were like, when you were presenting it, I was like, and just to be clear, like, right. Personhood theory to us, you know, this isn't what God revealed. God revealed that he made men and women in his image. And this includes the physical aspects of who they are. The physicality is what we call teleological in nature in that it points to who God is. Mm-hmm. So our physical bodies are as much a part of us as our spirituality and you need both of those i don't know whether that makes it then not okay to have your image be used without your personhood but then then that drives the idea that your personhood isn't a part of your image and it's this whole it's this whole thing and i think you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why God's going to sum all this up because man, I'm not, I'm not so calling crazy. it, I'm not calling it this, but so we're going over Romans one in Bible study, right? And it's talking about they, you know, suppression of truth and they create new ways of sinning and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying this is new ways of sinning, but it's like, definitely like, what are we supposed to make of this? Like, What's what's the like moral rightness of this and that and like this is like weird uncharted territory like holograms and like so many like, things it's are just like ah well like what? yeah this is this is actually really weird uncharted territory yeah. and never before in the history of man have we ever had to deal with such interesting intricate yeah it really is things. intricate yeah super intricate yeah I, I can't remember who i was having a discussion with but it was in the realm of pornography and like there's absolutely no doubt about pornography as being um uh, uh wrong before god but then you start getting into the intricate details of what they're doing in pornography yeah. right now specifically with computer generated stuff oh really? like yeah like apparent like like this is a this is an actual thing in the in the porn industry that porn stars are being put out of business by the images of porn stars. Weird. Like they're computer generating um either fake porn stars or um or so either like non-porn stars or existing porn stars and and then you know you can turn that around so much quicker than you know Weird. it's just a program. Yeah. Right. That's freaking weird. Right. So then it goes, but then it goes into the question, like, is, are you violating a person? For instance, like, are you, 
objectifying a person when that's not even a person that you're objectifying. <laughs> but of course, you know what it goes down to. Like as, as believers, what it goes down to is the heart, the heart right? Right, yeah. right? You're imagining that that's a person and therefore you are objectifying them regardless of whether... But man, we're just like going down the spiral. But yeah, right? Like, right? What about this? 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 You know, it's all yep. the way down. Yep. It's just like crazy um lucy brown says i want a robot made you know they have those they're uh it's called a roomba a roomba <laughs> i'll send you a link it'll on vacuum, amazon it'll Here vacuum yeah it'll vacuum your floor it you know won't break things because it has sensors on it <laughs> oh man only 279 <laughs> so this is we're, i'm gonna go off script here and yeah this, that's fine we'll wrap this up with this i guess because we're coming to an end but um yeah i was sharing this last night in in bible study but so we're going over romans one and it's talking about anger greed you know they do all these things to each other they're full of hate blah 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 blah. and it's the the footnote on on that part of romans one is talking about like aristotle's um what are they called uh vices and virtues yeah like the hell like it was talking about the hellenistic literature yeah vices and virtues um well so Hold that. Vices and virtues in Romans 1. All those bad things. Um, I was listening to a podcast talking about, do you know the network Viceland? Viceland Media. It's called Viceland. And there's all kinds of shows on Viceland. Yeah. It's like premium cable. Yeah. Viceland. Um, this is really jacked up. Um, is it like cop shows and stuff like that? No, it's worse. It's it's the things, and you can look it up. I looked it up last night. Viceland. The shows on this network are like glorifying all those things you see in Romans one. Like there's shows about people that will sell every part of themselves to be famous. There's shows about people who, you know, overindulge in, 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 you know, the whatever's of life, like, you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff. And like, it's, it's seen as good and necessary for this generation. And like there's shows about this and that. And it's just like, it's really interesting and overt, like, owning of it and the reason why i was bringing it up is because we were talking about obviously romans 1 talks about sexual sin and the the greek for that is porneia right Right, exactly and so porn pornography is like an overt disrespect an overt owning of sexual sin they call themselves porn the greek word porneia is sexual sin and so i was like i was like oh it reminds me there's a whole meat and then you know it goes on and all the vices and virtues that um is it talks about you know um and there's a whole network called vice land vice land where you can go and watch like the downfall of humanity yep. like all the worst parts of humanity and how they do things and how they treat each other and what what they'll do for this you know and all these things and i was just like Man, whew, that's really jacked up. But it's just the overt owning of it, you know? Like, yep, these are our vices. This is what we do. This is who we are. You know, it's like we we do this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, that is a uh, <laughs> a light, airy topic. <laughs> <laughs> we could have talked about gay, transgender pop stars. <laughs> Come on, like there's what? What's a light airy topic? We we should have ended with Rose City coming on. <laughs> right, we can bring up Roseanne again. <laughs> no, dude, I don't, I don't want to touch Roseanne for a long time. Uh, I mean, 
We can hit that topic. It's nine. We're on an hour. We usually wrap up in an hour. I'm not really interested. I'm not interested. Uh, yeah, we can just you know basic basic opinion. All right. Piece so there. yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, I read an article and I posted it to our little thread here, and it's talking about how now's the time for for gay and transgender and bisexual, you know, LGBTQ pop stars, right? And there's there's a couple of them that are like on the rise right now, like this whatever her name is, Kyoko. Or something. Haley Kyoko. Haley Kyoko, and then uh, what's the other? Troy Troy Savon or I can Simon. never pronounce that guy's name. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and you know these people are on like Billboard charts and stuff. Their their music is is becoming you know more and more popular. And this article is just like you know finally now's the time for for this kind of music and these people with these kind of messages and stuff like that. Um, um, excuse me, it was saying. There's a whole hashtag even, hashtag 20 gay teen, as in 2018, but 20 gay teen. Super um, clever. Super clever. Um, having grown up, Haley, Haley Kiyoko said this, having grown up with few queer role models, save for Tegan and Sarah, she said that she feels a responsibility to her mostly young fans who um, who are comfortable in their own skin Um she feels responsibility to them and she owns the nickname of lesbian Jesus. Nice. Which is, yeah, exactly. Wow. That's pastor Monty. We're sitting right there. He would say, wow. Um, and then, yeah, her songs are, you know, like lyrics are more and more becoming like more and more overt. Like her music videos, like depict, for example, like her stealing a, a guy's girlfriend to like go be with her, you know, and like having that, you know, runaway relationship with this, with this woman. Um, and then his lyrics, his lyrics have some questionable, like overt gay sex themes in them and how like, he's like proud that we're living in a time where it's no longer has to be subtle. Like it can just be like out there and accepted and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, the question for the podcast and, I'll let you go with where you want to. Is it time to normalize the minority experience into popular culture? Is it time to normalize the minority experience? So, yeah, something like the latest statistic, I think it was like in 2014, I looked it up just briefly, was like 3% of the population are like out as being gay, you know, LGBTQ or whatever. Right. Um, But is it time to normalize the minority experience? Well, I think that that's what you run the danger of doing, um, and that's really what it comes down what it comes down to. You run the danger of normalizing the minority experience into the majority mind, mm-hmm. and then you have um, like it's a swinging of the pendulum. Yeah, like, let's, let's now we all have to believe this because right, and we see that in television. Right, if only three percent of the population is that, and we're not even the, we're not even getting into you know, what the Bible says about that and, and God's stance on it, but just look at it from a social, um, sociology standpoint. If only 3% of, of the population is that, then why does every show have to have a representation of that? Um, you know, why does every movie, I mean, there's, there's these groups that watch out to make sure that mm-hmm. these views are represented and not, not represented in a, um, not represented in a realistic sense as 3%, 
but represented as the majority view. Mm-hmm. And so I was just watching. What was I just watching? I was just watching Arrow, and on Arrow there was a there's a there's an there's an out character, um, a cool character. His name is Mister Terrific. <laughs> That's really what his name is. And um, and where in the past. So, th- so he's interested in this guy. Where in the past there would be a question of whether that guy was gay. Um, there was no question. And I noted that. I took note of that. There was no question. He just asked him if he wanted to date him. And, you know, and, and the answer was, of course, yes. And, and, and there you go. That's, that, doesn't represent the, that doesn't represent a real experience. That's not a real experience in, in American life. That's not a real experience in, in the world life. We're talking 3% of the population that identifies that way. So really what we're looking at is we're looking at a redefining of the way that we view things for the viewing populace. Teaching the viewing populace to see this as a normalized thing rather than something that is a minority experience. And I think they're doing that kind of crap at the libraries too. You know, I'm sure you've heard about that. Like they have whole readings, like come to the library from two on Tuesday from three to five. And we're going to have transgenders reading books. And so you can see, Oh, there's a whole thing with drag Queens. I know that that's, that's what I meant. Drag Queens. Yeah. Yeah. Like same kind of thing, you know, like this indoctrination of it. Yeah. So, and, and, and I don't. I want to take this out of the realm of just speaking about the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, there's a larger percent of the population that deals with drugs and alcohol, like addiction. But you don't have. Uh, you don't have to have every character have an addiction problem on a show. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. It doesn't need to be the the pop experience when dealing with music for instance and so i think that's the danger you have here and you know again if you want to get into oh well addiction that's a negative thing or whatever whatever that's that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is that you have a minority experience that's being presented as a norm not that you have a minority experience that's even being presented as the majority or as being presented as the right experience or anything like that. And we could get into that, but that's not what we're doing at the moment. Um, I just have a problem with it being presented as norm. And I think that's what's going to happen. It's a normative experience in popular culture where you're going to have the, where you're going to have like um, special pronouns be used and so on and so forth in music. And I, you know, it's already, it's already crept into television movies. It makes sense that it's going into music. I personally am not a big fan of that, but I'm also not a big fan of a lot of popular music. So mm. that's my thought on it. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you can, you can take it out of, and you should take it out of the realm of, of just this or just that. And like, there's all kinds of things like you said, drug and alcohol or like, what about people that <sighs> suffer from asthma? Or something, you know, like right, right. Where's where's the asthma guys on arrow? You know, like I struggle with asthma, but you know, right. the, the the next step in that would be you know the negative or whatever, like you said, right. That argument, but yeah, 
It's at this point in the show that I get exhausted. <laughs> well, it's a little lighter of a topic than the last one that we were on, but no, it's, uh, it's true. The Vice Land. <laughs> no, some of the stuff on that show, like if you ever chance, like I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna say watch it, but like look at what it's about, and you're just like, man, that's what's on television for people to consume and like, right? Entertain themselves with, like, right. Oh, that's terrible. Well, let me go back to saying, as I, as you've heard me say many times now, that I do not allow anything to be entertainment until I vetted it. Yeah. Keep your mind on, people. Stay vigilant. Yeah. Okay. And if you listen to a Troy Sivan song, I'll tell you, they'll put anything into your head that they can. <laughs> that's that's true i went there and that's what's on the, that's that's what's in his music if you're interested in today's topics or choice of on songs look them up on google no if you're interested in today's topics or staying relevant you can check us out on facebook or twitter at culture insanity if you have something you're personally interested in hashtag us um or not hashtag us get to us at culture insanity on those platforms facebook or twitter sorry um if you're interested in exploring your faith or are just completely new to god to christ to the bible and want to understand it better you can check out the help tag on vigilance.blog or abfpdx.org um if you didn't get a chance to check it out um in the last week the last cross sex was cross examination discussion panel with local pastors was on the topic of sin um so if you're interested in sin and what was asked and what was covered you can check that out um at culture insanity at the facebook page or not culture insanity at cross examination although you can check it out yeah culture insanity that's too. true we do a good job of cross promoting right 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 <laughs> so you're right but cross examination facebook page has all the panel discussions in the last year and we're reaching the end of season one we're calling it yep. um so the next one is september 30th it's the last saturday in september the penultimate episode <clears throat> penultimate episode and it will be i believe at woodstock bible church woodstock bible yeah looks uh, like a three denomination panel three denomination panel woodstock bible church in portland oregon off of 52nd if you're local um it's at 7 p.m the topic is going to be the problem of pain it's a good one yeah, no, and it probably affects everybody, you know? So, yeah, it's relevant to, I'm sure, everyone um, in some way. So if you have questions relating in any way to pain, how a loving God can this, you know, loss and grieving and, you know, all these different things, then you can reach out. You can ask those questions using the hashtag cross X, letter X, um, and those questions will get to us and we will cover them. Um, you can join us live at the church at Woodstock Bible. You can watch the Facebook live event that will stream live during it, or you can watch it um, after it airs. Um, it'll be posted directly to Facebook, obviously. So yeah, I would encourage everyone to do that. Um, submit your questions um, and tune in and join us. It's a great resource if you're yeah, just curious about any number of things regarding the specific topic for the month. So you can also find it on, you know, as a podcast also on iTunes um, and Google Play. I just didn't like, even know that. yep, you can. Just like you can find this show on iTunes or Google Play. So you subscribe to it so you don't have to look at our ugly mugs. You can just listen to them. Yeah, if you're like my brother and prefer to just listen instead of look yeah. or touch social media. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in um, now and in the future. And with that, we will see you guys in two weeks. See ya. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Mm-hmm.